Welcome back to the Finding Strength Podcast, here with Brindy. Hey. We're excited about this episode this week. We have a special surprise for our listeners. We have the one and only... B-Tenny! Back. (laughs) Kevin sits in, too, and we uh, sit down with Ty Stoffer, and he tells us his incredible story about what it's like to be on the other side of addiction. He went through freaking hell and back. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yes, definitely. He went through a lot. This is actually a really good episode, I think, for listeners who are on the other side of addiction and the hurt and the pain and the um, the the feeling of not being able to help someone. The helplessness. The helplessness. Yeah. It is so deep and it it hurts even more. And so... I think this will be a good one for our listeners and for our listeners who have been addicts and they can kind of get a side of empathy of what, you know, family members were going through when they were addicted to whatever it was that they had an addiction to. Yeah. I've been on the other side of addiction for a long time as on the professional side of things. And it is, there's the helplessness word is perfect. There's nothing more helpless than watching somebody you love torch their life and in the meantime, yours, and even worse, watching them torch your children. Children, yeah. Right? Because yeah. he talks a lot about his girls and how they've been affected significantly yeah. by what their mother is uh, struggling with, yeah. really. And anyway, so hopefully you guys enjoy it. We also want to give a plug for the Brighton A Day Foundation, one of our sponsors. If you guys haven't heard of the Brighton A Day Foundation, amazing charity organization that helps families. Who've lost children. You can check them out at brightenaday.org. They're always looking for donations and opportunities um, to help are available there as well. Kevin and Bethany, our co-hosts this week, run the Brighten a Day organization. And um, if you guys want to donate or help out or whatever, just reach out to them or you can reach out to us through the podcast. Yep. And they also, if you guys know of anyone who have lost a children, you can reach out to us as well, and we'd be happy to help in any way that we can. Beautiful. All right. Enjoy the episode with Ty Stoffer. Thanks. Guess what? We have someone special here. It's a surprise guest. Me. Slash the homie. <laughs> She's back. She's back. Yay. She brought a partner too. I'm alive. <laughs> yeah, you are. Kevin's well, you low. are here. Kevin's here. Kevin's he here. doesn't. He doesn't get the mic, so you won't hear. <laughs> He's gonna steal it from you. I already know it. Oh, that's definitely gonna happen. <laughs> Hardest uh, thing he's ever done, not talk. Just kidding. <laughs> he's walking away. He's like, shit, he's like, I better leave. I wanted, I wanted to scream at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Anyways, so we have uh, Ty, what's your last name, Ty? Stoffer, right? Stoffer, yep. Stoffer, welcome, man. Well, thank you for having me. This, In full disclosure, this is my first... Um, this is my first podcast. So, I mean, if things go really well, I mean, I could be on Good Morning America. <laughs> That's the goal. I'm always. excited. I'm, I'm really oh. pumped about it. So, but no, thanks for having me. That's the pinnacle yeah. of being interviewed. Good Morning America. Yeah. Right? It for is. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be, it could be Oprah after. I, I don't know. I mean, I may start giving away cars and you get a car. So, but. That sounds awesome. <laughs> so. Well, we're glad to have you here. Before we get to tie, Bethany, we got to catch up. We'll do, it. we'll do been, a different podcast. For no, that. real no, quick. Real quick. The, the Where are you at? So yeah. What's going on? Let in our the, listeners in the life know of... what's going on in your life. Real quick. I moved across, across the freaking country. Yep. I live in Florida. Stupid. I love it. <laughs> but I miss these people. I miss this. It's, that, it's hard to listen and be like, oh, I want to be there. Yeah. But yeah, we live there. We've lived there for almost a year and a half. And what are you guys doing there? We opened a crumble. We're opening some more. And. Yeah, just working, play a lot of pickleball, 
and it's fun. We love it. We, I don't, we won't be back for a little while. We still got a lot to do out there. We may never be back. <laughs> That's Sorry. all right. We'll just meet somewhere. We'll meet up somewhere else. We don't miss Utah winters. Not even for a second. Yeah. Unless we go snowboarding. Yeah. But yeah, everything's good. We love it. We just, we just miss our people. So we come back. We meet in Vegas, which is where we are right now. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. it's the easiest place. It's a quick, well, it's a direct flight. It's not quick. And yep. it's an easy yeah. way for you guys to meet up. So that's yeah. awesome. This is a destination podcast. I know. I love it. I'm just glad yeah. we're here with you. I miss we're you. We're at Airbnb. Our friends Airbnb out in Vegas. We went to the iHeart Radio Festival. And Ty, this is where you live, right? Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's, How, it's remarkable because people actually live here. It's what's weird. It's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> they don't just go like? vacation here. You know what? Uh, a lot of people ask me that, and I, I, um, you know, I don't go to the strip very often because it's just so expensive. So you know, if but you know, a lot of people come in town, and so they want to always go to the strip or do something fun, and so. Yeah, I have. It's it's always a lot of foggy Monday mornings for me sometimes because <laughs> it's just always wanting to do something. But it's actually. It hasn't been as bad as I thought because I'm originally from Salt Lake. And so, you know, that's where all my family's from. And, you know, I was a little hesitant when I came out. But, you know, we saw, I started a company and um, it, that's what brought me here. But I was always worried, like, am I going to be able to raise my kids, you know, in Vegas? Like, what are they going to be exposed to? And so that, um, by the way, yeah, is the Utah mentality. Sure. It is. When I moved, I was scared to death because I was... Everyone's like, even moving to Florida, everyone's like, well, there's no better place to raise a family than Utah, which is, there's truth to that. Sure. But there are a lot of other places that are really good for families. And believe it or not, Henderson's one of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's you. Yeah, growing up in Salt Lake, I and mean, that's where I was my whole life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is, you kind of have that cloud, right? Like every, it's no, nowhere else is safe. And it's, you know, it's stay <laughs> yes. here. And, you know, and quite frankly, I'm, I'm really happy my kids have gotten the diversity and the experience here. And I think their communications at a different level because of, you know, just the people they've been around. So I, I we've, in, we've enjoyed Vegas, but I do, I do miss Salt Lake. So maybe it's one home. day we'll get back. <laughs> You're better than me. I don't know when we're going back. Yep. It's awesome. So we wanted Ty to come. Well, Brindy wanted Ty to come on here because Ty's got an awesome story. He you know? does have an awesome and story. And we haven't done uh, an interview. Well, I guess we did Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. But that's kind of the OG finding strength situation is where you ask people their incredible stories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kevin's grabbing Kevin's the mic. Kevin's grabbing the <laughs> mic. <laughs> Kevin's grabbing the mic. <laughs> yeah, we met Ty like a year ago. Yeah. I, this is my second time meeting Ty, and he kind of went through his story, and we told the story to Matt and Brindy, and they helped out with his girls and stuff, and and so that's kind of the beginning of it all. Yeah. We, we sat in a kitchen and talked for two hours while you spilled out your heart your guts. And, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, I was I, at that point in my time. At that point in time, I was I was pretty emotional because it was it was raw and it, a lot of a lot of change, which we'll get into happened, but um. Yeah, when that, when we when we met, I was you, know, you, you when change happened and, and and you always get you get people tell you like yeah you you should you know you should find a therapist get your kids in therapy you know and and I was blessed because I don't think all therapists are created equally just like a doctor or dentist right and so I, I didn't I didn't know who to go to so I was super blessed to meet you guys because I needed to find a good therapist and they recommended Brindy and and I heard amazing things about you Matt but I um yeah I just. I, I was, I was, it was blessing to meet you guys. Cause they, you know, these, these two have really are, Brindy's definitely really helped my, my daughters a lot. So that's awesome. And, yep. and Ty walked in today and homeboy, last time I saw him, he, he looked a little different this time. I feel like I rubbed off on him. He got a full sleeve on his arm of tattoos. And I was like, that's my boy right there. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Good looking tattoos also. Good. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, I, I, I call it my midlife crisis tattoo. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's my story, man, and I and I, yeah, you inspired it because I was like, oh, I've always wanted a tattoo, I just don't know what I'm gonna get. So, little little bit of uh, my story is on my my body, and I wear it proud now. So, which is awesome to come out of that and like be proud of what you went through, right? Yep, of which is hard in the beginning. You're like, why the hell is this happening to me? But okay, well, getting started, let's get into your story. So you, you're from Salt Lake. Um, tell us about like your family, your kind of upbringing, where you grew up, how many kids, where are you at in the line? Yeah. So, um, I, I'm 
super blessed and lucky to have three beautiful, healthy daughters. So, um, but that also has exacerbated my gray hair. Um, my gray hair is it's just, it's just everywhere now because I have to worry about all the boys coming to my door and I don't like that. So I've got to stay in shape or I got to polish my gun because I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> both. both. Um, so yeah, so and I, I was married to my high school sweetheart for almost 16 years. Um, past tense was was the key word there because I'm now divorced, which is part of my story. And I hope um, with this story, I think the biggest takeaway is it's going to be you know, how, how to deal with change, um, how to grow from change as opposed to staying, you know, stuck in the weeds, right? And, and if you're not figuring that out for yourself and you don't have, um, if you're not happy with yourself, then you're poisoning around everyone else and you can't help anyone else. So um, I hope that's what you get. But yeah, so I was, to go back to my quick story here, grew up in Salt Lake. Um, I have two older brothers, um, typical, you know, Salt Lake kid, you know, mm-hmm. LDS background, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually my wife and my three daughters and my three dogs um, ended up moving to Vegas about eight years ago. Oh, wow. I didn't know it was that long ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. I yeah. thought you were only here for a couple of years. So uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I came out, had, you know, started a little company and then I transitioned to medical sales. In fact, I, I was working with, you know, you guys know the Judds, right? So yeah, that's, that's who I was working with. Our old neighbors. We're good friends yeah, with them. Amazing people. Um, so it's been good. It's been a transition, um, a little bit different world in, in Vegas, but I think, you know, good people are good people. You're fine, good people. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the biggest things that my, my ex-wife and I would convey to our kids is just, we, we just were always clear in communication and, you know, we explained everything for them to make their own decisions at their own free will. We didn't micromanage them. We just always were like, Hey, this is, these are things to think about. And this is, you know, this is the choices you make, you know, will will last a lifetime. And so we've always just been really great with communicating. My ex-wife was amazing, um, with communication with my, my daughters. And, um, so should I just kind of get yeah. into, yeah, okay. go ahead. Yeah. When, so yeah. When did things start to decline? So it's been about two years of disruption um, and change in, in my life, and that's just, and, and we all went through it. I think uh, a big a big thing that happened for a lot of families was when COVID hit. Right? It was brutal. We, we went from working and leaving our houses, our kids leaving their houses, to all of a sudden we have this disruption in our life and it it was we're working home together we're trying to be teachers for our kids because they're doing homeschool and and I think that really started putting tension in my relationship um and I think part of the root cause I mean there's there's you know her side of the story is probably a little different but I feel like a big root cause to the disruption in our relationship was um the fact that she 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 drank a lot mm-hmm. and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to expose her in a negative way, but you know, she, it, it slowly has gotten worse. It got worse and worse over the years. And I think 2021 really put a stamp on it to where it became, you know, most weekends to during the week to all of a sudden it's every day. It's a bottle. It's, it's, um, you know, it, a bottle a day. Right. And yeah. so what happens with that? Well, mental clarity starts to go down. Um, health starts to get compromised and that's what, I started to experience with her, you know, we went to the hospital several times, emergency room, because um, she'd puke up blood and, um, and, and, or, you know, when, when an alcoholic starts to have issues um, and, and, and they, and they want to start quitting, well, that's where the health concerns come in, right? You know, she had a couple seizures, epileptic uh, issues with that. Um, like withdrawals? Yeah, withdrawals, anxiety and everything. And I bring all that up, not again, not, not in a negative way. I bring it up because it was time for, to make adjustments. And, and, I, and I'm not a professional. I don't know what to do. We were trying to like, hey, let's, let's, let's start working out together. Let's go to the gym. Let's stop drinking. You know, let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's try to do it. But we couldn't nip it. And so at that point, you, you need professional help. I mean, that's, that's what it came down to. So mm-hmm. I think it was the fifth time she had to go to the emergency room. We, we finally were, I, you know, her family, close friends were like, you got to go to, you got to go to rehab or treatment. So she, she went and I'll never forget the day that I dropped her off. Cause she went to a treatment facility in, in Utah and she turned to me as I was 
getting her out of the car and getting her bags and it's so hard and you know there's all those feelings of embarrassment Emotions and I don't want to go and yeah but she knew she needed to make change and um but she did turn to me and said you know hey like just so you know because she was resenting me more or less because I was pushing her to go but she's like just so you know this is never going to be the same mm. and I I didn't really I didn't know what she meant. I was like, what, what do you mean? Like, yeah. what, 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 yeah. what do you, why would didn't, you say that? Didn't understand the gravity of that statement. That statement. There's a lot there that's yeah. yet to unfold. Yeah. So yeah. as, as you, I tell the story, I mean, uh, it started to make more sense, right? What she meant by that. So, um, you know, then, okay. So the, then I, I take a step back and I'm like, okay, so she leaves and then I got to talk to my three daughters. Like, oh, and they man. knew, right. They, yeah. they knew it was time for her to get help and, and they, they, they could see that too. So, um, I was a dad, f- uh, for, for a month and a half by myself. And that was, you know, and, and it made me realize how much she did help with, right. Like I was trying to do everything and, and it, it's a challenge. Like you go from, you know, being able to work and concentrate on your day to day to all of a sudden I'm making breakfast in the morning. I'm packing lunches. I'm, you know, I'm picking up kids. I'm taking them to soccer and gymnastics. Like I'm doing it all. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I did not, I wasn't a good husband. I, I didn't tell my wife, Hey, thank you so much for, for always doing everything. Like yeah. she was a huge help and, and you, and you, I felt it when she left. Um, so I got a little bit of an experience with that. So I, you know, this, this is where my life really, this is when it started getting really hard. Um, yeah. (laughs) So, um, she came back and I mentioned earlier on, I had three dogs, all different ages. I literally lost one dog for health, health issues while she was in rehab I had another one that was starting to get close. And so she comes out of rehab right before Halloween of 2021. And I had to put my second dog down and they're like my my kids. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got my daughters that are confused where mom's at. I've got to figure out. Dogs are dying. Dogs are dying. Oh my goodness. Heads are falling falling out. Yeah, heads are falling out. Well, the world is still crazy at this time. I think people forget in 2021, like the world was still like shit still was hitting the fan. Yep. Well, and shit kept on hitting the fan. So, um, <laughs> so, so I lose my second dog. She's coming back and she, she's just in a different world, right? She's, just, she's been inundated. She's, her, her hand's been held for 35, 40 days. She's being told what to do. She's going, she's figuring out herself, you know, and I, and I, I've never been to treatment or I, I've never really been in, you know, therapy really and express myself or mm-hmm. had someone like reboot my mind essentially. And yeah. I feel like she came out like a 17-year-old girl from treatment. It was like they kind of peeled the, the layers back, and they were yeah. trying to figure out the root causes. And a lot of it was, you know, she lost her mother, and, and there's, you know, her marriage. Obviously, I was, there was, I was involved, and yep. a lot of the times, they, you know, she, some of the meetings I was able to sit in on. Um, that, you know, I was hoping they were going to figure out the root cause of why are you drinking, right? What yeah. is, what is, what's pushing you to drink other than addiction and just the habit of doing it. Yep. So they kind of reset her. So I lose my second dog. She comes out. She actually got COVID in, in treatment, brings it home. <laughs> oh no. I get it. And I'm sick, like on the couch for two weeks. It was legit. Okay. People like COVID is legit. <laughs> I'm not going to sit there. Yeah. But it, I didn't feel well for two weeks. Then my grandmother passed away. I was very close with. So I have COVID. I can't go back to the funeral because oh, I, I was no. supposed to speak, you know, and yeah, you can't give it two dogs now. down. Wives just came out of rehab. So what else can you do? How much more gas can be put in the fire? How much more salt in the wound? Well, it did. It just kept getting it kept worse. Going. <laughs> so it's like about a month into it. And one of the, one of the things I noticed was she was always on her phone with everyone she went to treatment with. It was always on the phone and it was with men and women. And, you know, I think she was trying to be a crutch for some of them because she was more of a leader in that, in the facility. And, but it got to the point where it was like three or four hours a day on the phone with men. And I, you know, I would always hear certain things I didn't like. I'm not a jealous person. Like I'm secure enough, but you know, there comes a point where I feel like it's crossing the line. Yes. Yeah. And she started to cross the line. And then, and, um, so one of the, one day I, I walked by 
and her phone was ringing and I was trying not to be nosy. I was trying to be trustworthy, but I picked it up and there were some pictures on there that obviously I can't get into, but, um, Mm -hmm. I just couldn't believe it. I just, I just was like, you know, get out. And this is where I start basing decisions on emotions, right? Not facts. For sure. Yeah. And this is where screaming in front of your kids and saying, saying things about their mother, which again was emotional based response. And you were hurt. I was hurt. You were really hurt. Yeah. I kept on saying, why me? Like, what the hell? Like, what is going on here? And, um, so I asked her to leave. She got a hotel room for a couple of days. And all I could think about really was, I don't want a divorce. I don't want to be a statistic. I don't want to be, I don't want to share Christmas. And, and I, you know, what if she marries someone that's rich and better looking than me? What, you know, the, 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 the male complexity starts coming out and I'm just like, gosh, I, um, and I loved her. I yeah. was hurt. And I didn't think she physically did anything with anyone else, but I feel like that's still cheating, right? When you're sending pictures of yourself and then you're getting pictures back. And emotional bonds with people. Sure. High school sweethearts. There's so much history here. Yeah. 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 So, man, I, so she came back and and I felt like, you know, there's a lot of intricacies through this time frame, but to keep it generalized, I, um, I think we had some good talks and I tried to make adjustments and, and, you know, one of her big problems with me was I had always put everyone on the same level playing field as her mm-hmm. when I should have been taking care of her. I should be taking her on vacations. I should be um, going on dates. You know, people always express that and it's true, right? You got to nurturing your marriage. You yeah. got to, yeah, you, you, you have to work with it and you have to rekindle everything and, and you have to do it on a weekly basis. And I was not good at that. Well, I think it's hard. I think in a marriage, that's hard to do. And as you grow in your marriage, you change. And so I feel like that also changes too. So it's like this constant thing. And I think as we get older and we're in the middle of like our kids and all this stuff going on, plus COVID, it just, we kind of forget about those things and they're not as important because it's like, we're just trying to get through the day. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get, you get in a rut, you get in a routine and, and, you know, I'm thinking, Hey, I'm, I'm doing the dishes. I'm taking care of the dogs. I still take the kids to, to school, school all the time. Yeah. I take them to their activities. I'm also making a living. I'm doing this. And I'm thinking, is that not good enough? Is that not, is mm-hmm. that not what, that, that is me showing you love. That yeah. is me. Sh- I'm working my ass off. Like yeah. I'm trying to make this. You're and providing. I, and I'm a good dad. Yeah. You know, I'm doing all these things. What else do you want from me? Right. Mm-hmm. So, but you, you learn. And that's, that's part of the deal with adversity is I, I, I have had plenty of time to think about um, this through over the last year and a half, especially once we were officially divorced, of what I could have done better. And, and I, should, I should have put her before most people. I should have put our relationship. And I am a people pleaser. And there were things I needed to work on. And, and, um, and so I could have been better. But, you know, the reality is, is so we, we try making it work for six months. We started trickling into... Um, um, Sorry, it was 2020. My my months are off. I, this yeah, has been a year now. Yeah. It was 2020. Yeah. I'm, see, I'm a, listen, people. Everyone, anyone that's listening, <laughs> yeah. I'm off. Yes. But um, no. So it was 2020, and then 2021 is where um, I caught her cheating on me. So it was it was March. Um, my my youngest had a gymnastics meet in Reno for state. I um. We were supposed to go together as a family, and um, she ended up staying home, and um, that's when she had an affair on me. And the reason I found out, because once, once you lose trust, you start going kind of crazy, right? Absolutely. I was, I was starting to get to the point where I'm like, you know, with technology these days, I'm looking at my cameras in my kitchen, and I'm like, well, who's she on the phone with? Like, I was, I was in Reno trying to watch my youngest compete and she did such an amazing job and I was so distracted because I'm like looking at my cameras like she's on the phone with this guy I can hear I can hear men's voices and I can hear all the stuff anyways long and short of it she went to one of her friend's house and that's where she had an affair I ended up coming home I kind of felt like something was off your senses were going off she you was knew. like a little cold to me and I'm like what what did I do like I took our kids to Reno and I was there sending you videos where you should have been to support your daughters right like that's where you should be so like like a day into it I was like ah, there's something off so again I'm like obsessive at this point like what what's the deal so I, I pulled the cameras and then she was on the phone with one of her friends saying like I can't even get it. I won't get yeah. into the no, details, yeah, you don't but need to. it was bad. And then I just went straight to the house and I just said, Hey, look, like, 
do you have something you need to tell me that happened over the weekend? And she's kind of, you know, she's kind of like, what are you talking about? Very, very defensive. And then eventually I'm like, I know, I know you had an affair on me. Like, you know, just come clean. And she just, you know, why does it go? So I said, get your shit. And a few choice words, get out. Mm. I did make a good choice on this one, though. <laughs> I, I learned for my first time I shouldn't yell in front of the kids. I shouldn't do that. I, I asked my oldest, who knew that there was some stuff going on a little bit. Um, I said, can you get your sisters out and go to your friend's house across the street? And then I just, I just told her, I said, you know, um, get get. Yeah, you. I don't. You know, I don't trust anymore. And it's. I'm. I can't, I'm sick. I can't even. I can't even look at you. Get your shit and get out. So. So she, at this point, you were like, you knew, like, we're yeah. done. Yeah. Oh, physically, okay. yeah. Physically, okay. when it happened, emotionally, I can handle a little bit. I can try to work through that adversity. But you know, when, once I knew she was with another person, I was like, I'm done. Okay. So I can't. What did that do to you? So I feel like this story is not abnormal. Does that make sense? There's a lot of people going through that. Of course. People have been cheated on. People have been hurt. People have lost trust in their marriage, their relationship, whatever. So aside from what she did and what she was, what were you going through? Like, were you, did it crush you and who you were? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it did. I, it, and again, it, coming from the man complex, I think, you know, not that women don't feel this way either, but I was embarrassed. Right. You're like, For I, sure. I, I can't, I'm not man enough to keep my wife around. What is it? Right. And then, then, then you, then you go down the downward spiral and this is where it gets really hard, but it's like, it's like, uh, is she going to be with someone that's better than me? It, are they better in bed than me? Yeah, like, insecurities show up. Oh my gosh! So yep. to, to answer your question, it's it was it's such an emotional roller coaster. I didn't sleep for a month. I mean, stress, weight loss is real. Like I, <laughs> I went from like 215 pounds. Maybe that's why she left me. Maybe I was too fat. I don't know. You know, the, I, these are things yes, going through my mind. That were but, going through your head. Yeah. But then I, you know, I, I dropped down to 180 in oh like my in like God. like three or four months. Like just because. And, and here's a problem with society now. And it, there's so much noise, right? So it, there's social media. There's, there's, I, got, I had so much stuff getting sent to me. Because what, what happened from there, I asked her to leave. Her dad, he's, one of, he's my, if not my best friend, one of my, he's an he's amazing, amazing man. I'm so grateful that we're still close. But her dad had a stroke <sighs> the day I found out she cheated on me. Oh so my so I, I'm like, hey, get out we're done. And I'm, you know, I, I packed all of her stuff and she was in a hotel room. I loaded up our, our car and I just said, Hey, you're good luck. You know, figure it out. You made your choice. And um, she's like, well, I need to go see my dad. He had, he had a stroke. And I'm like, good. You should go see your dad. You know, you should be with him. So she left to Salt Lake cause I live in Vegas. Um, I'm sure everyone caught on to that earlier on, but, um, so she never came back. Wow. So she left and, um, you know, I think she went and seen her dad for maybe one night, but she, yeah, she, she got with some, some friends that, you know, my old business partner's ex-wife actually. And, and then they, it just has been a party ever since to be quite frank and candid about it. I mean, so there's a lot of hurt there, huh? Oh yeah. Gosh. I see it. Yeah. It, yeah. it sucked. I mean, she was my best friend. Yeah. Right. Like she's, she's like, That's brutal. She is, she was my ride or die. She, and I, I never thought in a million years she would, she would break my trust like that. And so it killed me. Like it was super hard, but this is what I, if anyone that's going through this is in any, any, if I can give advice, it's so hard to be selfless and not selfish, sorry, in these circumstances. But I knew she most likely wasn't coming back anytime soon because she was out doing, you know, making mistakes, yeah, and and doing whatever she wanted to and had complete freedom. And it was hard as hell to not tell my kids what was going on. It was hard to be, my goal, and I made the decision as as quick as possible. And it was with, I mean, I was, you know, I was, I was really messed up for like a week. I was just super sad and could barely eat. But I, I made a choice. I'm like, I've got to make sure I make life as complete normal for them mm-hmm. as possible, mm-hmm. as, as, you, as much as I could. And, you know, that was positive affirmations. Every morning I was, you know, I, I, I kept on telling them, like, this, this has nothing to do with you girls. Like, love yourself. Mm-hmm. Be happy with yourself. And this all work out. It's going to be fine. Like, let's don't worry about all the, everything else that's, that's going through your mind. So I was trying my best to make 
them happy and smile. And I was dying inside. Yeah. How were they exhausted. emotionally? They obviously could tell there was stuff going on. Oh, yeah. They I mean, saw it. They saw it. Yeah. yeah I mean, and, they, and again, they, they, they saw a, a marriage falling apart. They saw, yeah. you know, there, there were, it was more fighting. They, they saw the alcohol side of it where, you know, she wasn't very present mm-hmm. and sometimes embarrassing, right, in mm-hmm. public. And, and, and so there, there, were, there were things they had to, to go through that was just as hard on them. Be, like the stuff they were experiencing while she was there was just as hard as, as she was gone. Gone, yeah. And so I had to make that decision to where I was like, I, you know, I wanted to go out and like, well, if she's going to go out and have fun, well, I got to go out and have fun, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't the case. I, I didn't want that. I didn't want, I didn't want my daughters to see um, their dad getting home at one o'clock in the morning, or I didn't want my daughters to see, you know, me feeling sorry for myself and maybe drinking or, you know, trying to self-cope with something else. Like I wanted them to see a strong person that dealt with adversity and, 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 and a, a good example of how to deal with adversity moving forward in their lives. Well, they needed some stability and that was yeah. you. And, and the common denominator always in the face of adversity or trial or freaking the shit hitting the fan, whatever you want to call it, it, if you can, if one can, me, whoever, can dig deep within and find a reason why to continue, that's something about more than just you, right? The we over me, the us, rather than just me as an individual. Because you think about all the pain that's, like in your story, Ty, you think about all this pain that's being you know, basically brought on the family, it comes from somebody, and this is, this is a human thing, who's overly concerned with their own individual pain. And they're so wrapped up in their own hurt and pain and suffering that they feel justified because they're in this victim-y state of this happened to me and it's really easy to justify shitty behavior. And now the hurt that I'm causing I don't see because I think I'm numbing my own pain. And so this is one of the hardest things about suffering and about pain is is how incredible of a teacher suffering is. Because if, if we're willing to step back from our suffering and the pain that we're experiencing and all the hurt that life just brings, if we you can step back from that and, and ask the question, okay, why is it worth it for me to continue to move forward? soldier on, whatever it is that I need to do. It sounds like for you, it was being a dad. Yeah. And, 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 cool. and, and as much as it's like, it seems overly simplistic, that's all it takes, right? It's, it's not about anything more than just realizing that like who I am as a person matters to more than just me. And if I can tap into that, there's an energy there that can carry me through horrific trials and all sorts of crazy well, stuff that's going on in my people life. People talk all the time about your why. The why. It's yeah. such a simple thing, but it's it's reality. Your why. Why do you why do you wake up in the morning? Why do you not want to die every day? You know, like there's always a why and if you can find it, which at this point is your girls. I feel like it changes over time, right? 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it it, it um they became my why and honestly, it's it, I was, I always felt like I was a really good dad before all this happened. And I, and I, I felt like my wife was an amazing, amazing mother. Um, I think she still is if, you know, once she figures some stuff out, but it's been a, such a rewarding experience being a single dad. And, and it's hard cause you know, I think a daughter needs a mom, right? Like they need that motherly touch and you know, it's been weird trying to, uh, you know, I have to go to the doctors, my oldest, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, God, <laughs> go to the you know, gyno? <laughs> yeah, I've been, you know, gynecologist, or I'll, and I'll be walking through Costco, hey, dad, can you get me some feminine products? And I'm like, gosh, I'm sitting there like trying to look at this big shelf of stuff, and I'm like, uh, which one is this? Is this? Do I, is it wings or ah? This is so sweet though. As like a woman hearing this, this is so awesome that you feel that comfortable to like go do that for your daughters. It's awesome. And that goes very far for them. So what I, you're doing. I, was say, yeah. I grew up with a dad because uh, my mom passed away when I was 11. And that's very impressive. Yes. My dad was like, I'm like, hey, so it's that time of month. He's like, here's some money. Get out of my face. <laughs> yeah. like, he couldn't handle he it. He couldn't handle it. So Weirdly enough, Wouldn't I mean, you fake 
Oh, I, I used, I used to tell my dad, <laughs> I used to tell my dad like every other week because he'd give me money. <laughs> oh my so gosh, this is See, so and I, good. And I, and Confessions. I, and I know, I think, I think I, I, I know it's every 30 days because I always get the emotional roller coaster at the house. I'm like, wait, what? Ha- wait, is it, is it your time like, of the oh. month? And I always look at them and they're like, well, yeah. And I'm like, gosh, that makes sense. Why? I, now I know why you're yelling at me. It's fine. But my so point I'll go is, get is, ice cream and, and as a girl products, growing so. up, through teenage years with just a dad. Mm-hmm. It, and I love my dad. He's a great human. He didn't know what the hell to do. But I feel like looking back now, it's, it is so important to be a part of those things. Even though it's probably torture sometimes, mm-hmm. it's important for you to be the one that has the sex talks. No one did that with me. It's important to talk about the weird period shit that no one, dads don't want to talk about. I'm a mom and I don't want to talk about it half the time. Yeah. Those things talking about the boys they date, listening when they're gabbing on about things that you don't give a shit about because it's going to happen. The hard conversations are the most important. I think just being there. Yeah. Like just always, always be there and it will go so far as they get older. No, and I, and, and it, 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 I'm, I'm fortunate to where I am comfortable enough with all that. And I, and I have had the talks with my oldest and, and I'm okay with it. Like it doesn't bother me. And I think, Mm -hmm our relationship's gotten so much more closer because she does trust me and it comes down to trust. They, yes. they trust their dad and they're, they're comfortable enough with trust to come talk to me about anything, boy problems. I mean, you know, stuff that they probably would rather talk their mother about. They're, they're telling me mm-hmm. and, they're, and, and they probably are a little scared to tell me some of the stuff <laughs> they've told me, but I'm like, hey, thank you for telling me. I appreciate that. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I'm here for you, whatever you need to vent, whatever you need to talk. But I, I've had, I mean, there's been, there's been so many circumstances through this last year and a half without, you know, my ex-wife being around and it's been hard. Um, you know, there, I've had, you know, just, just most recently, there's probably so many examples to give, but just, just most recently, my, my daughter, my oldest, um, she was, she was getting ready for her senior year's pictures, right? And her hair was not going the way she wanted it. Oh no! And um, gosh, I usually I usually never get emotional, but I I could hear her getting. It was like six, you know, six thirty in the morning, super early, and I'm just like, I'm I'm trying to get them some breakfast so they can get out the door, and and um, and I and I'm like, and I asked my middle daughter like, hey, where's where's my oldest? And um, and she, she's like, oh, she's upstairs. I'm like, yeah, why, why is she not ready? So I walk up, and, and, I, and I go in the room, the door's closed, and I knock on it, and I, come, I walk in, and she's just crying. <laughs> um, she can't get her hair done right. Um, you know, she doesn't, you know, I don't know how to do hair. That's one thing I fall, I'll, I'll fall <laughs> short on the hair thing. And, she's just, and she just said, why, you know, why does she leave us? <laughs> and, um, you know, I... Again, I, I really haven't shown a lot of emotion, but I just, I just held her and I just started crying with her. And I was, I'm, I'm so sorry she's not here for these moments. I mean, she's missed, she's missed her getting her driver's license. She's missed her 16th birthday. Her 16th birthday is when she left you know, us, when I asked her to leave, but she, ended up, she chose to leave. Like she, didn't, she chose to leave and never come back. She could have stayed in Vegas and she didn't. Um, uh, just count, I mean, my... my my middle daughter is such an amazing soccer player. She's so, she's so good. And she, you know, she's missing on all these little things. Like she, she just made the, the varsity team for high school and she's, she's a, a freshman and she's leading the team in all categories. And she's missing out on that. My, my, my youngest gymnastics, she's been, she's been in a couple state tournaments. She hasn't been around for it. You know, and, and she's, she's struggled. And I know you've talked with her quite a bit, Brendy, and mm-hmm. she's, she struggled a ton because, she, you know, after gymnastics, me, all the moms are running yep. up and they're yep. giving flowers and I'm there. I am trubbing, you know, I'm, I'm making my way through all the, the moms. And I'm giving her a, a rose after her event. I'm like, good job. And, <laughs> you know, she's broke down and started bawling. Yeah. And uh, we've had, you know, we had um, my, my ex-wife's family was here for a bit and they all moved back to Salt Lake. So I'm here by myself so, at this yeah. point. You know, I, I don't have anyone. And, and, um, and I think that's made, it's been, it's been rewarding because it's made us so much closer we're, we're just like little best friends you out guys there are it's the cutest thing <laughs> ever i love it yeah i mean i i know it's posted on social media sometimes and obviously that can be a facade right everyone can make make it seem like life i mean so good, i know a little bit more than the facebooks but sure, yes sure. <laughs> you but, are a good dad <laughs> but yeah no i mean it's it but it's real and it's raw and, and um I, i'm so blessed because they're just such good kids 
and they're healthy and they, they don't, I don't have to worry about other things that probably other parents do because because they're just super easy. So it's easy and it's fun to be a dad. And I'm, I'm so happy that I've had this journey with them this last year and a half, even though it's been a roller coaster. Yeah. So, so, so what was the turning point when, when did things start getting better? What was an aha moment that going through hell, something clicked and you were able to move forward? What was that? Um, yeah, so I was lost for a while. And, and, you know, going back to when we first started this conversation, um, I, always, I was told, hey, you know, your daughters need to speak. They need to talk to someone, right? They, they need to really, um, you know, vent to someone else besides you. And you can't be telling them certain things. And, you, and so, so I just like, well, who? How, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, do, I just, do I Google someone and, and try to find, like, do I, have to go, do I have to base it off of a, a five-star review? Are they good in these situations? I don't know. There's a lot of different, there's a lot of different you know, mental health issues out there for people, and I don't know who the right person is. So I was super blessed to have you come in my life, Brindy, because, Thank you. Um, because you, you did give them the, the mother's touch, and you were able to be observant and help, you know, teach them different ways to cope with certain things and figure out their emotions and make them feel like it wasn't, it's not their fault. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and so to answer your question about me, I, um, I put my emotions aside, which I don't know if that's the right thing to do. And obviously you guys are professionals probably could tell me different. And I, and I know you have to, you have to be happy and a hundred percent love yourself. And that's why I was telling my daughters. And I didn't take my own advice for the longest time because I just kind of... You were surviving, Ty. Yeah. You were surviving. There's no wrong or right way. You were doing exactly what you were supposed to be doing. You were doing the best you can. There's nothing you can change from that. Well, and and there's this stigma against like the thing you're talking about, putting your emotions aside, like we just need to be so emotional and wrapped up in all our emotions. And and quite honestly, that's, that's not true. Think about what's caused all this pain emotionality, yeah, impulsive decision-making based off of emotions because I'm hurt. I got all this stuff that I'm feeling. And so now I'm justifying my whatever. And so this, this being able to separate myself from my emotions, that's actually very desirable. Yeah. And in the end, when you're doing work or therapy or life stuff, what you're learning to do is separate yourself from your emotions. And that's really an important piece of the puzzle. And I think what's so hard about um, a lot of emotions is is they get kind of messy and it's hard to label them all. And so we kind of push them aside and don't feel any of them. And one of the things that's really important when dealing with something like this is understanding that really what you're probably feeling is grief. Oh, 100% and grief. And as you yeah. grieve, uh-huh. the thing that's going to happen is your cellularly, your body is going to create emotions that are designed to motivate you to do a couple of different things. One, blame yourself. Big part of grief is it's all my fault. How did I cause this so that you go into problem solving mode so that you go into fix it mode? Did that work out for you very well? No. <laughs> no, because it doesn't work, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so with grief, actually I have a, a definition that I heard of grief that's my new favorite one. Grief is the presence of absence. Yes. Beautiful. Love it. And so now we have to, we have to be able to sit in the presence of absence and understand that really the primary emotional experience of grieving is loneliness, big time loneliness. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting here lonely and I have this opportunity to justify further shady behavior like you're talking about. I'm going to go out, I'm going to go do all this stuff, I'm going to do all this stuff, but you didn't. Why? Uh, mainly because I, the example I wanted to set for my, my daughters. That's I mean, I, I, yeah, that was it. And that, again, yep. that goes back to the, my root of why. And that's, they became the first and foremost why. Th- this, is, this is the most undervalued concept the in, why. in human experience. It's, it's, it is the end-all, be-all of what you do. Because most people are they're, we're preoccupied with how am I going to do it? What am I going to do? When's it going to be over? But really, when you boil it all the way back down to what you are doing, if you can understand, one, why you're doing what you're doing, like what caused you to do it, but more importantly, why you're doing what you're doing. In other words, what will your life be like when you're done doing the thing that you're doing? And if I understand that I can create a beautiful life for myself by understanding why I do what I do, I can change me. 
I can change the way that I do things. I can do the hard things. And my body, my mind, my soul, they will, they will gravitate towards that change rather than resist it. But I have to have that really strong why. And for you, it's being a dad. For me, right, at my darkest, darkest moment when I'm sitting there super alone in my freaking, <laughs> in this garage practice space sitting next to my drum set because I'm totally alone. I got this girl pregnant and she's not sure if she wants to be with me and my mother has abandoned me and my family's abandoned me and I'm sitting here lonely as all get out, grieving. The only thing that pulled me out of that place was my son. That was it. And this idea of you being more than just you, it's huge. It's, it's what carries us through. Connection. It's, it's the only yeah. thing that can carry us through. And it's so undervalued. And it's so... I think the thing is, we skip over the emotionality of motivation because it is painful. But what you have to understand is that those painful, suffering, grief emotions are the thing that help you understand why you do what you do. Without them, we would never learn really the power of why I do what I do. What is my purpose? What is my meaning? What is my values? Mm -hmm. and, and be able to, to even change how I think, change my attitude, change whatever it is that I need to do so that I can, I can continue to go through this really brutally difficult, challenging time. Yeah. I think one of the key words you said that stood out to me was um, the grieving. Like, I almost felt like someone died. Someone did die. Totally. Your that older a, self. Yeah. Who you were. Died. Yeah, you're, yeah. The whole thing died. Yeah, it died. And, and, and you have to be died. reborn, yep. yeah. And then, and, and the challenge with it, and, and, and I hate to say this, but there were times where I'm like, it'd almost be better if she wasn't alive because I had to get the reminders all the time. Like I had a, you know, when I'd roll over in bed, I mean, I mean, it was six months oh, to almost a year. Where I'm gosh. like, oh my gosh, I, she's not there anymore. I feel like my, I forgot my ring or, yeah. and, and then, then, then you, then you add in the social media side of it where I had to completely block her because she would just post, she's with other men and all yeah. this stuff going on. I'm like, you're out having fun and you are doing whatever the hell you want. You don't have any financial responsibility. You signed off hundred percent of child, you know, custody to me which I was shocked, yeah. but she did. Yeah. And, and I had to sit here and almost feel like she's rubbing it in my face. Like, look at me, look at this new guy. Look at this. Look, I'm out having fun, you know, and it sucked. <laughs> oh, I bet. Oh, and, and, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't jump in here real quick. Uh, the disease of addiction, which is what we're talking about now, mm -hmm. right? Because yep. she's, she's not her anymore. She's now she's in the disease of addiction. Yeah. And the disease of addiction has a bunch of symptoms with it. Uh, primary symptom of the disease of, disease of addiction, you become an asshole. That's number one. When you're deep, deep, deep dark in this place of just ultra numb, ultra avoid, you become a jerk. You're an asshole. You're selfish. You, you hurt people unintentionally, but it seems intentional because you're just trying to numb your pain. So the outsiders look in and go, oh, she's out there having fun and living her best life and all this stuff. When in reality, her, I can't guarantee this 100%, but I've been doing this a long time. I'll say 99. She is tortured, excruciatingly, painfully tortured in her head and has no idea how to get out. But she you know lost, what help her get out? Why, why she wants to get she out. She lost her why, yeah. She hasn't found it yet, and so she's not going to change. And change won't happen until we have that motivation to change. Yeah, and I, I, we, we still communicate, right? I still try to keep a balance. I try to let her know, like what's going on and and um it, it's just still it's it's amazing to me that it she has an answer for everything still she she has i mean it, it's it's she's the victim in this and oh my life has been so hard you have no idea and and rightfully so i i there have been circumstances i yeah it sounds like hell and i don't feel like she's happy she can't be mm -hmm. but that was part of my emotional side of it, trying to get yeah. through it was, yeah. wow, what, you, you get to just do complete freedom. But I didn't realize, and I can look back and say, I was the lucky one. Even though I went through hell, mm -hmm. I was the lucky one because I have gotten so much closer to my girls. I was already close. I didn't think 
I would ever get to this point, That's right? Cool. Yeah, it's really so, cool. You know, it was interesting when you were talking about how everyone's telling you, your girls need to see a therapist. You need to see a therapist. Blah, blah, blah. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand that. Or like Kevin and I have talked about how after our daughter passed, we immediately got went to therapy. Everyone told us go to therapy. And we got burned because he was shit. It was a terrible therapist. He almost was making us argue. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Who does that? Like, we're trying to figure out how to connect through this and you're screwing it up. You're making, we're fine actually. So, but the reason why people say that and the reason they're not wrong and you have to find a certain person is exactly what we're doing right here. Exactly what we did a year ago with you when we met you. People need to talk. Mm -hmm. People need to talk. And most people don't feel safe talking. 100%. Especially, I mean... With so people, people in general, but I mean, I mean, for a guy, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't need, I don't need help. I'm well, good. I'm, you know, and that's, and you, you're supposed to have your people, right? You're supposed to have your family yeah. that makes you feel safe and you're supposed to have, or a spouse or someone you've got to feel safe. Well, a lot of people don't have that. Yeah. Or if like, even with me, I didn't, I didn't have that. I didn't have this place. I felt safe. That's where therapy comes in because you have to talk. And I feel like something I've learned from therapy, from life, from people, from doing this podcast, is everybody needs to find their people to talk to. And you know what? If more people can be that person where it's like, you know, you can talk to me, you can tell me your story, and you can say whatever you want. I'm not going to judge you. And I'm not going to go tell everyone else about it. Yeah. Because it's a cool story and my life's boring as hell. So I got to talk about you to this person because you're interesting. Yeah. You know, and that's a thing I feel like as human beings, we need to work on. Yes. I agree. It's just being that person that's like, you know, what, tell me, tell me it all. And it stays here. Yeah. When I was lucky enough to my, my father-in-law, um, you know, he's been through two divorces and, you know, he's been cheated on. And so he helped me out a ton. And the reason he helped me out is because he's been through it. Right. You know, you don't, you don't want, you know, you have to have someone that's professional like Matt and Brindy here um, that know it and they're good at it. Or you, you have to get advice from someone that's been through it. Like oh, you're I, connecting I'm, I'm on not, each other's yeah, pain. I'm not going to go yeah. hire a, a trainer at the gym mm-hmm. if they're out of shape, right? Yes. I want to I hire someone at the gym that's in shape. I'm like, yeah, I want to look like you, man. So, <laughs> Great but, metaphor. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a journey. And one thing I, I, I have, I do send my kids uplifting, you know, quotes or whatever. And, and I always do it for them every, every week. Or if I know they're having a bad day, I'm like, Hey, you know, this, this I love that. let's think through That's it. So, so sweet. One of the things I, I, I love, there's a, there's a quote from Charles Swindle. It's, it's about attitude. And I kind of, I live by it. Um, I try to read it every day or, you know, when, you know, when I'm having negative thoughts, I'm, you know, I'm trying to bridge negative thoughts with positive and it's hard to do. It takes a lot of work and practice, but the quote is, um, the longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It is more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think, say, or do. It's more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make, a break. It will make or break a company, a church, a home. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that's our attitude. I'm convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. And um, Dang, that was so good. I got chills a little I bit. I did yeah. too. So, I mean... <laughs> Yeah. The 1090 podcast. The 1090 podcast for Mason. Yeah, Yeah, it was awesome. So it's just, I mean, I guess the ask, you know, if anyone, (laughs) you know, if they're still with us at this point in the podcast, but I think the ask is just, you know, change is expected. We're always going to have change. And sometimes it's worse than others and there's always adversity. But, um, you know, I, I, that's the first thing is I, I had to challenge myself to love myself and look at the positive as much as I can. And, and that, that carried over into, you know, that's what I'm instilling in my kids. And that's, that's the end of the day. That's the goal. And that's my why. And that's, that's That's really what it comes down to for me is just, I want to make sure that they have the best opportunity in their life and they think through and communicate well and everything. And that's, that's it. I mean, I, I, and I, I hope 
you know, if, if you're not currently doing that in your life, I suggest try to do it. So Ty, question. What do you do daily? What's your routine that keeps you in this good headspace? Because this is a daily thing, right? Oh yeah. It's, it's work. Yeah. So it's, it's so, it's so much easier to get in negative headspace or let oh, poison yeah. get into your life. And, and, um, it really is like what I just read, right? Well, cause we all, Matt and I always talk about like, we both have had to come up with these routines, these daily things. And sometimes they change. And I like to tell people what we do because it's life-saving. Like, it has changed my life to have these certain things. So what are those things for you? And real quick, a word you used earlier was victim, which is great. And people hate, like, think about one of the worst things to be labeled as a oh. victim. Oh, nobody wants to be a victim. But think about the thing that you're, you're, you're basically preaching here is you can have an attitude of a victim and things are happening to you. Or you can have an attitude of an agent, if you want to, or a creator, or whatever you want to be, and things happen for you. Tony mm. Robbins. But, <laughs> but the, in reality, when you create this morning routine thing like Bethany's talking about, you're setting yourself up to be an agent, to be an actor, to be a creator, rather than something that's victimized. And so, yeah, the great question. What do you do? Uh, like I said, I mean, I, and I, we always hear this from people that are super successful and you always want to see what their habits are. What's your daily routine. And I, I, I started working out again and I, I get so, I feel so much better when I start my day off with whether it's running or whatever it is and it, it sets the tone for my day. So that's, that's something that I can say from a mental health perspective, I try to do. But it is, it, I think what I, when I recognize negative and that's, that, that takes work, right? To, to recognize to aware a negative, negative thought. Yeah. yeah. Being aware of a negative thought is I think a big part of the battle. You have mm. to learn how to do that. Too. You have to. Isn't and, that like the you and the we thing, right? The you stress. Oh, you stress and distress. Yeah. Or? Well, cause he's saying he works out. Right. And because mm-hmm. like life is freaking crazy and you take control of the stress of how it's going to be and yep. working out is causing stress on your body, but in a good way. Yeah. That's you stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Motion creates emotion. Mm-hmm. Tony Robbins. Oh, there's two. Yep. <laughs> so what do you do when that you feel, so you've learned how to recognize I'm getting these negative thoughts. I'm, go, I'm going to the dark place. What do you do to pull out? I, I, I pull up, like I said, affirmations. And, and this is where I, I try to also be um, conscious of when I am feeling down, when I do get bad news, I hate calling people and saying, I got a vent, right? But I do have my go-to people, and I you usually say, I'm going to start this conversation off, and I, I hate to bring negative energy, but I need to get something off my chest, right? I but, need to talk to someone, and then they can kind of help me cope through thinking about the situation. So sometimes I do lean on people. Which you but, have to, because it's pain. It, like it, it, If you recognize it, it's better than pushing it away. You have to go through the pain. You have to feel it and to get over it. It's something that we're just feeling. It's something that we're experiencing. It will pass. But the more we push it off, the more it's going to affect us. But you have found something where you know that you just need to talk to somebody and that works for you. And that gets you through the pain instead of pushing it off to the side and having to deal with it later in life. Matt, wasn't so one, I think you told me this, but I remember when we were going through the loss of Brighton, um, it was weird because we had our Brighton a day page and it was so interesting. Whenever I would be overwhelmed, I would type up something and I'd put it out there and it, it was just really weird how it just like took it off my shoulders. And I think it was you as some sort of Buddhist saying where it's like, people will take on some of your pain mm-hmm. that dissipates from you when you, share. when you share it. And it's not coming from a place of, uh, wah, wah, daddy. It was, it's just a real people that love you want to suffer with you and yeah. take some of that pain from you. Empathy. Well, and I think the thing you're, the thing you're referring to is likely a common humanity, which is, it's this really cool idea. And, and what's hard about therapy for people is that what you're doing is you're learning how to think and take my thinking and put that into actions that work for me. 
That's hopefully what your therapist is doing with you. A lot of therapists just come in and they just do just the talk thing, which is valuable. But like, I need something that, to carry with me out of the office and into the real world. So common humanity is actually a concept that has been researched and studied that if you think in the lines of common humanity, you're just a happier person. And the idea with common humanity is that we are all a part of something big. We're all a part of humanity. And being a human means that I will suffer. And if I share realistically share my suffering with other people vulnerably, they will reciprocate mm -hmm. that they also suffer and we will understand that my suffering doesn't make me special or a victim or unique. It just makes me a part of humanity and it makes the suffering less. It makes it more tolerable. And so what you would do when you do the Brian Day page, you'd vent essentially, emote by talking or writing or whatever. And then on the other end, People would reciprocate with support, which is what you want. And this is, the, this is the thing that I said earlier. Addiction is a disease of loneliness. When you're in addiction, you don't do that. You don't need to because you got the bottle or you got the needle or you got the freaking screen. It doesn't matter because you don't have to go to anybody else because the pain isn't there. You've numbed it. But what's the thing that's motivating you to go to type? What's the thing that's motivating you to go to talk to your daughters? What's the thing that's motivating you to go and change your pain? Emotion. That's yeah. the thing that you can't numb. And this is the hardest part. You numb your pain, you don't gain. Mm. You've got to learn from it. It's supposed to hurt. This life thing, think about it. This is one of my favorites. What, how do you know when something is amazing? How do you know that it's the best moment of your life? It's the way that it feels. feels emotion. It's emotion. Yeah. How do you know when something's the worst? How do you know when this is the most awful, just pitiful thing you've ever been through? How it Feels. And those emotions give us context for our life's experience. So imagine now that I'm numbing all of my negative, dark, scary emotions. What's going to happen on the other end of the spectrum? I'm also going to be numbing those emotions, right? And one of my favorite Brene Brown quotes, you can't selectively numb emotions. You numb one, you numb them all. Oh, that's big. And that that's is a huge. huge one. And people, we have to recognize, mm -hmm. right? Emotions are there to be experienced and moved through and learned from, not to be an inhibitor of our behavior. Yeah. And so that's what the victimhood thing does. It's happening to me. Oh, no, there's so much pain. I can't handle it. I'm weak. Yeah. So I do nothing. Inaction. Story we tell ourselves. Yeah. So what, Ty, what you've done is you've looked at that pain square in the freaking face and be like, bring it on. Let's go. And you took it and you took it to the mat and that's what you got to do. So I know your time is getting, you're got to take off here soon ish. Yeah. Dad what, stuff. what is, what is your moving forward? What is life? You know, I think you're probably in a hole there for a while where you were just thinking about how do I get through today? What does that look like now? What is your new goals in life? Do you, are you dating people? Are you finding joy? that you didn't think you'd be able to find now? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I, I did not, um, I didn't think I was ever going to find anyone again. I, I, I personally felt like I was worthless. Um, I lost my confidence. And um, yeah, it was, it was tough. And so now, now I'm, I've, I, I can say that I, I don't think about her, my ex anymore. I don't, I don't, let it ruin my day anymore. Um, and yes, I, I didn't date for the first year. I didn't want to. Um, but now, I, yeah, I, I, I am getting to that point where now I am a little bit more confident and I am worth something, right? I'm not, I'm not, Absolutely. I'm not going to get, I, I don't feel like I'm going to get cheated on by everyone. I don't feel, I'm not worried about it, you know, and it, until you've experienced that pain and you experience that betrayal, it does mess with you. And, um, yeah, I, and it, give, it gave me a weird energy, right? I mean, I, I was, I was, I'm in medical sales. I was trying to get a landscaping business going. Um, all of a sudden, I had this energy. Like, I wanted to prove the world wrong. I, you know, screw her, and I, I'm going to show her. Like, I'm going to be successful. And, and I went through all those emotions. And now I'm, now I'm just I'm settling down to where I'm, I'm, I love myself again, and I do want to date, and I do want to, you know, I, I want to... I want to, you know, feel, feel love again, to be honest, <laughs> but it, I'm not going to force it, you know? So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, life's good. 
That's awesome. Honestly, like I've learned a lot and, and, and life is good. And I just, you know, I, I just hope my daughters continue to, to learn and grow and stay healthy. And, and that's all you can ask for. Right. So outside of that, I'm just, um, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. You guys are awesome. This Thanks, has been, man. been, been great. And, um, we appreciate you coming on. Yeah. And, and thank you, you so much. Dude, I, I, you know, wish the best for you, hope the best for you, man. And, and you, that, that last little thing got me my heart a little bit. I just want to feel love again like that. Oof. Yeah. That hurts, man. Yeah. So I, I feel your pain, bro. And you deserve to feel love again. We all, all do mm-hmm. clearly, but you, you are worthy of you're that. You're worthy bro. of and it. And I hope that you were able to find it and, and, um, that you're able to continue to go forward being the, this awesome dad that you are like you, dude, model, model dad over here, right? Seriously. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> no, but I do. I do want to say one thing. I will say this. Like I have met with all your girls and and worked with them. And one thing that they never doubted was your love, Ty. Like you showed up. You did not turn your back on them, and they have felt that from day one. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah. No. I mean that means a lot. And I'm I, and I'm not surprised you said it. <laughs> yeah, because good, I because yeah. I do I genuinely I love my kids and um, that's it man I, everything else is simple I just they're they're my why and yeah. uh, we identified that so that's awesome beautiful yep. I was yep. gonna say I appreciate you being vulnerable because I remember when I met you a year ago and I mean Kevin did what Kevin does mm-hmm. and he's like so tell me about tell me your story tell me about you and mm-hmm. and you were great to open up and tell us and the thing people don't understand that I wish everyone did. Share your story. You never know. It's like you shared your story with us, and I was like, oh, and you're like, I don't know who to take my girls to. I'm like, oh, my best friend. She's amazing. <laughs> I, like, I got you. You would, if you had never shared your story, you would have never met her. It would have never, and there's so many links in life. We yes. find them, we moved across the country, and we have found these links with people where it's like, we share our story, they share theirs, and now it's like we have these commonalities and these bonds. And we can help each other because now I now I know your story. So if I hear something, I'm like, oh, that tie, I got it. Or if so, if I know about people and they're on my mind, even just a little bit, then I recognize when other people can step in and be a part of that life or be help to someone else. If you're quiet and you never tell your ups, your downs, all the shit in between, it, it's worthless. We are worthless to each other unless you actually talk and try to help each other and Agreed. be open. Well said. Yeah. Very well said. So good to have you back on. I know. I'm getting emotional over here. (laughs) I know. Surprise. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, thanks, Ty. Bye.